This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to The Stand with Eamon Dunphy. Now, on Wednesday... The RT board or members of the RT board had to go before the Oireachtas Media Committee and the proceedings were broadcast live. Ryan Tuberty has gone now and it's, I think, fair to say that the Ryan Tuberty affair really has been a catalyst for a crisis in RTE that shows no sign of being either resolved or indeed of going away. And what we saw on Wednesday was in many ways troubling. The national broadcaster estimates that it has lost 21 million euros because people have stopped paying the license fee and they're looking for money and they're looking for large amounts of money. And they appeared, as I say, before the media committee on Wednesday for, I think it was three or four hours, and were joined now by Fanon Sheehan. Fanon is Ireland editor of independent newspapers and really one of the most outstanding reporters we have in this country. And this is a story that needs good reporters. Fanon, thank you for joining us. It's very much appreciated. Would you say I'm not far off the mark with Ryan Tuberty really not being at the heart of this at all? This is a deeply dysfunctional organisation. Tuberty and his agent are really at this stage almost incidental. Yeah, I mean, this was was Ryan Tuberty's uh, argument when he appeared uh, before those two uh, committees uh, back in in July. He said this has been described as the Ryan Tuberty payment scandal, but actually it's the RTE payment scandal. And you'd say, yeah, you got a valid point there. And now that Ryan Tuberty is off the pitch, they can't just blame Ryan Tuberty and Noel Kelly anymore. And what the RTE executive and board uh, found at this committee uh, was that the the politicians have run out of patience now with the excuses. They're looking for direct answers, and they are pointing the finger really at at the at the board uh, and the executive and saying, "This all happened on your watch. What were you doing?" Is there any sign? It's clear now that RTE needs radical. Reform. We do need a national broadcasting service in this country. I think everybody agrees with that. But what we have now is nothing like what we need. 
Would you agree with that, Fanon? Yeah, I mean, the the what we're what we're going through at the moment, and it's it's probably going to be quite a a, a rushed uh, process, uh, is an entire change to the management, the organization, the structure, uh, and the output, uh, and as a result, the very remit uh, of what RT is about. So normally this would, would take uh, a lengthy period of time. You'd have consultancy reports, you'd be um, consulting with the public, uh, and you'd be, you know, you'd be holding consultation meetings with staff and so on and so forth about, you know, what, well, what is it that you, you want and so on and so forth. Instead, this has become quite a, a rush process because basically the financial crisis uh, at RTE uh, is now necessitating that it it reforms and that it reforms very fast. So what we're going to see over the coming months uh, is a, an outline of a strategic vision for the future of RTE. It looks like that's going to be a very slimmed down organization. It may or may not be based in Donnybrook Dublin 4 uh, anymore. It's, it's definitely going to have less staff. Uh, elements of the organization may be sold off. They may even be, be closed down because they can't afford to do it anymore. So that's going to affect uh, the output of what what is the, the service that RTE can can provide to the viewers uh, and to the to, to the listeners. Uh, so those are, are very fundamental questions, and uh, it is being rushed because there's a budget coming up. RTE's financial position uh, is very precarious. So the board and, and the executive in particular of RTE are having to come up with those answers uh, fast uh, and put it together. And all the, the great philosophical questions about the, the role of national broadcasters and public service remits and so on and so forth, that seems to be a, a wider debate uh, that will happen in the background uh, it's really coming down to RTE need to get to the end of this year uh, without, um, you know, finding that their checks are bouncing. Yes, but I mean, they're part of the media landscape. You are in independent newspapers, the Irish Times. We are as podcasters, but we're small and insignificant. But there are a lot of people in media who have to work without the money that RTE have, without the strength that a monopoly gives you in terms of advertising, there are many things that are wrong. There's an imbalance. Where, for example, and let me just ask you a couple of questions, because the piece you wrote for your newspaper, the Irish Independent, on Thursday was excellent. It really was hard-hitting but fair. Where was Dee Forbes, the former director general, on whose watch the whole turbidity scandal and many other things we've learned that are scandalous happened. When is she going to be made to answer, or is she going to be made to answer? I, I, she was I, ill. I, I don't think she will. Uh, the last time D Forbes was uh, seen uh, in RTE was on June the 15th. That was a Thursday. She had her going away party in a pub in Donnybrook beside the stadium, the small rugby stadium there in Donnybrook, uh, called Arthur Mains. A number of people were gathered there for that. She had gone around the campus in the previous week saying her goodbyes. We were told that she was taking some annual leave before her, her formal departure date, which was a few weeks later. Now, coincidentally, the report from Grant Thornton on these payments to Ryan Tuberty, the side deal, the Renault deal, 
the barter account and so on and so forth dropped with the RT board the following day. Now we're told that's just a, a coincidence. Uh, since this matter came to public, is that credible? Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a difficult one to reconcile. Uh, really, as as we know, on foot uh, we know now on foot of that report dropping. Uh, it went from the Audit and Risk Committee to, to the overall board. There was a, a showdown meeting uh, between D Forbes, the still the still Director General, and the Chair Shuni Rally, where it was basically expressed uh, to her uh, that uh, perhaps she needs to to consider her position. But I mean, effectively, it was all too late. I mean, she was she was done. She had she had she had gone and and, and left. Uh, the building, so it didn't matter. Since then, since this matter arose uh, on June uh, the the twenty second, I think there has been one statement from D Forbes, and there has been a selection of messages saying that she has struggled uh, with with ill health uh, and that uh, she would not be able to attend any Oireachtas committee hearings, and that has been the same position ever since. So I I don't think we're ever hearing from D Forbes. No, right now, just while we're speaking about D Forbes. The new chair, Shun Nirahli, Deforce was suspended. And Shun Nirahli went on television mm-hmm. on the 6 1 News with yeah. David McCullough. And she did not declare that Deforce yeah. had been suspended. So this new chairman, this new broom, misled the public and misled the person she was interviewing on RTE television. Is that behaviour permissible? It's certainly not something that RTE would permit from any other public figure, shall we put it that way. I think they would be uh, widely criticised. You know, uh, you had Leo Varadkar and Mary Lou MacDonald were were both on RTE's Morning Ireland this morning. If it emerged in the next, uh, say, 24, 48 hours, that they had suspended one of their own TDs yeah. uh, yesterday and not mentioned, not happened to mention it uh, while they were on a, a national platform. I dare say there would be some some controversy, but there has been a pattern here. I mean, uh, Catherine Martin, the media minister, who has not performed well at all throughout this, no. this crisis, and she's known about it since March. She has she's known bits. Uh, yeah. She she was told that there was something going on and there was an investigation. She seemed to, she and her department seemed to display an extraordinary level of incuriosity uh, and not ask, well, what's all this about? Uh, given that the RT board knew at that stage what what the issue was that the auditors Deloitte had come up to that necessitated them in setting up a separate investigation by the accountants uh, Grant Thornton. They merely told them there was an investigation ongoing. Didn't really tell them about the the, the seriousness uh, of it. We also, you know, we learned in in the past week, Catherine Martin wasn't told, nor was the Oireachtas Committee, which which caused some uh, uh, annoyance this week, that the RT executives who had been in cap and hand to government uh, last year, looking for money and constantly complaining about the TV license fee, had awarded themselves a ten percent uh, pay rise. Uh, last year. Now, their argument was this was a 10% pay cut that they took uh, during COVID-19. They were returning that money, but nonetheless, the financial position of RT was still precarious. Let's just bear in mind, when this issue came out in June, at that point, we now know that government was prepared to make a policy decision 
on the future funding of RTE, yeah. potentially including the license fee and, and changes there, because we know that a, a memo has been drafted, a report had been conducted uh, by the minister uh, on the future of the TV license. And that was being flagged as imminently due to go to cabinet. And yet at the same time, in the background, all of this was going on. Uh, there doesn't seem to have been a whole lot of questions raised uh, by the department about issues. What we also learned this week at the Oireachtas Committee, which was was quite telling, was that the board uh, of, of RTE uh, have also um, not exactly been, been following due procedures. So the, 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 there's a number of areas where you'd have to say just the basic items on their agenda that they, they should have been ticking off, they weren't doing so. Yeah. Let me ask you about one of those board members. In fact, he's the Deputy Director General, Adrian Lynch. And you point out in your piece in the Irish Independent yesterday that Mr. Lynch was challenged about the appropriateness of him being involved in redacting parts of a document about a show that he had produced in a previous private sector life. And Deputy Griffin, the TD, questioned him on this. I have to say, it seems to me profoundly inappropriate for an RTE board member now to go back and redact a document that was an examination of a program that he produced when he was in the private sector. I mean, this little fiddly stuff, this is a bad sign, is it not, of corporate yeah, governance? It, and, and, and in terms of, you would have thought, a, a declaration of interest uh, there. I mean, I would have thought normally in a circumstance like that, someone would have to do the Caesar's wife on it and say, listen, I, yeah. I, I need to be seen to have nothing to do with this yes. uh, whatsoever. He said Brendan Griffin was asking about this document about a, 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 a show called The Movie Show, which was came out a number of, of years ago. Uh, the committee had asked for some documentation on it. Uh, chunks of it had been redacted. And Brendan Griffin asked, well, who was involved in redacting it? And it was quite strange that actually the person who had produced the program was involved in redacting it at all. I, I would have thought yeah. the answer would have been fairly formulaic. Oh, well, the RT legal department or or the 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 director general's office was involved in redacting sensitive material and so on and so forth. Instead, we learned that Adrian Lynch himself seemed to have been uh, involved in it. The Adrian Lynch was asked, did he feel this was appropriate? He said it. Uh, he, he felt it was, and that there was, you know, a sense of commercial material and blah blah involved. And Brendan Griffin, uh, former minister, TD, and member of the committee, said, "I'm not so sure it was." So uh, Brendan Griffin, as a member of that committee, was was quite clear in his view that he he did not approve. My problem is this, and I'm sure the public will have the same problem that Adrian Lynch is now the Deputy Director General. And, you know, he seems to think it's okay to mess around this way. Uh, yeah, but not only him. I mean... No, I didn't. Other people. I mean, I would have talked that... What we're seeing here, Fanon, I'm sorry to interrupt you, because yeah. you're the guest. You, <laughs> I should let you talk. What, I, what I'm seeing here, and there's another example of it, 
is a little bit of improper, arguably dubious behaviour by various people, including the chair of RTE, the new chair, the new broom. And it's all adding up to something that doesn't smell right at all, but certainly doesn't warrant the demands for vast sums of money that RTE are making. There's over 100 people earning over 100,000 a year. God knows what they're earning. We're in the media environment and have been for a very long time. Is there 100 people in independent newspapers, our biggest and most important publishing group in the country, earning over 100,000? No, I, 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 I'm not I talking about you, Gaffinon. We know you're on big buff. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think there are th- no. those numbers. What, what was glaring about the the committee the other day was that the committee is still asking for documents, and they're not getting them. Like no. three months later, they they asked a fairly basic question a few months back. They said, "Right, who are the top 100 earners?" RTE published this top ten. Uh, of the the talent in, in inverted commas uh, that that comes out uh, ev- every year, not not always every year. By the way, sometimes they they stockpile them and they don't they don't release them on time, and they, they're a few years late. So basically, the committee said, "Can we have the top one hundred, please, of entire staff?" And RTE have now come back, a public body funded by the the license fee payer, topped up by the the taxpayer, which is the same person. Uh, ordinary Joe, Joe and Josephine Soap, and they're basically told, no, you're not entitled to know what the top 100 people are. We're quoting GDPR, which is, you know, that, that great excuse for everything. Yeah. That basically, uh, data protection means that it wouldn't be permissible to provide this information, that there was a couple of people objected uh, to this information being provided, and therefore they, they didn't uh, bother uh, providing it. They also didn't even ask the people who are the top 100 would they have any objection to their figures being published because they said that in its own right would be a, a breach of, of GDPR. So you, you kind of looked at it and went, that's a fairly remarkable yes. uh, o- omission here. I mean, at the very least they, they should have gone to, to great lengths to provide as much data as uh, as as possible, uh, and yet you, you know th- this is the point that that was being made at the committee. They're coming in complaining about the license fee, uh, asking for more money, and yet basic questions uh, that are supposed to hold a public organisation to account are not being answered. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365 day returns. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, the question of accountability arises here. And traditionally, governments have been reluctant to go to war with RTE or to seem to be anything other than supportive and very supportive. But we, we do have a cultural problem here. I mean, Deputy Griffin, a Fine Gael TD, he talked about Saddam Hussein approval ratings <laughs> that they found in, a, in some survey they did that they gave themselves four out of five for efficiency and all the other things executives are supposed to do. It did seem to me the other day, and indeed on the other occasions before Public Accounts Committee and the Media Committee, that the anger of the public, which is clear if you talk to anybody, is re reflected in the demeanour and questioning, hard questioning, from the deputies. Yeah, it, look, it's a, it's a balancing act here. All politicians uh, are saying that uh, basically they're, they're supportive of a free and open media, that they understand the importance of, of public service uh, broadcasting, but that what they're, they're trying to get here is answers in terms of, of value for money uh, for the taxpayer and ensuring that a state body uh, is run properly. And, and you'd say that that's kind of uh, fair enough. So you saw, for example, yeah, th those issues were, were raised about the board, the Audit and Risk Committee. Uh, it had no accountants on it. Yes. The remuneration committee, it rarely met. The, they gave themselves uh, great approval ratings uh, as, as board members. Toy Show the Musical lost 2.3 million. Nobody raised, seemed to raise any major questions about it uh, at the board level. In the background, uh, audit reports were, were not being provided uh, to the board. So you'd, you'd kind of question... Uh, why, why exactly that was happening. And we still haven't got a satisfactory uh, answer uh, to that. So basically, the, the point that the committee seemed to be getting at was the board weren't doing their job uh, here either. They can't just blame the executive and say, well, listen, things were, were, were kept from it. They were all very praiseworthy of the new culture that was in place uh, and so on and so forth. But in terms of sating the, the public appetite uh, for for some sort of ac accountability here, we're we're still not really seeing we're still not really seeing it. And the difficulty now is that RT are going to be coming back, looking for 
government to uh, to approve, the Oireachtas to sign off on, that the public give them more money. And that's a, a difficult sell in the current environment. At the same time, I think uh, government and the individual parties would all praise RT's output and, and the, the, the work that it does. I think they also saw during COVID-19, it was probably first-hand evidence of how social media is basically the Wild West uh, in terms of the provision of, yes. of information. Probably people in the UK saw that during during Brexit. People in the US certainly saw it during Donald Trump's uh, presidential election. We saw it during COVID-19. They suddenly realised we've welcomed in all these tech companies. We've taken billions of euros in income tax uh, and corporation tax off them. And when it comes to the crunch, you can't trust them as far as you throw them in yeah. terms of the, the provision uh, of accurate information. They don't do anything about put, put, people putting out inaccurate information. They don't vet anything. It's just you can just throw anything out there that you want. And suddenly the political system realized, oh dear, we do actually need a responsible uh, media environment in this country. And I think they've they're, 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 they've recognized that an awful lot more. So yeah, they do, with the country does need a national broadcaster. But surely the question we're addressing and the government is addressing and indeed the dog committees, Oireachtas committees are addressing and indeed we're trying to address as journalists is, are the people who are currently in situ the people we believe will give us what we deserve? Because arguably... Some of the practices are dubious and some of their answers or their own unwillingness to answer TDs or indeed their resentment. And it was obvious in Kevin Backer's response that he, he, he resented a question the other day. You can say you need something, but does it have to be the gang that, you know, we've seen before Public Accounts Committee and indeed the Media Committee? This isn't about Ryan Tuberty, you know, he, he's, he's really minor. But even on that matter, it's been said by one of them that the arrangements with Renault and uh, tricking around with his salary was designed to deceive. I think it's the chairman, Shunarali, who said that this was designed to k- keep his figure under 500,000 euros to get it down into the 400,000s. That was a deception of the public by yeah, the public service broadcaster. Th- th- this one was even it was even worse. Uh, this She was referring there to 2017 to 2019. Ryan Toberty was paid a certain amount of money. That was in his contract. He was entitled to be paid that money. There were no hidden payments. There was no backdoor payments, side deals, or anything like that. It was in excess of 500 grand each year. That's what his contract said. Yes. At the same time, RT were publishing his salary and making it look like it was under 500 grand. There has been a thorough investigation conducted by the accountants Grant Thornton into this. While that con- investigation was underway, Shuni Rally appeared before the Oireachtas Committee and basically said why and by whom that decision was taken to publish figures that, that 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 were not correct it was something that the board of RTE was very anxious to know the answer to. They came back in this week. 
And basically a number of the TDs, including the Fine Gael TD, Kieran Cannon, turned around and said, right, you have that report now, tell us why and by whom. And there still is no answer. So the only answer on, on that one is Grant Thornton basically uh, surmise that the, the why was that RTE wanted to keep his figure under 500 grand in terms of, of, a, of divulging that to the public. Presumably that was for, for political reasons because they were looking for license fee reform. They were looking for funding. They didn't want a figure of 500 grand floating around there. The by whom, we still don't know. We don't know who took a decision uh, like that within an organization to mislead the public, the Oireachtas and the government and basically the board and the executive of RTE are kind of throwing their hands up and going, well, you know, people didn't entirely cooperate with the investigation and so not a whole lot we can do about it. Therein lies lies the difficulty in, in terms of politicians being able to trust what RTE tells them when they're basically saying there was misleading statements put out there, they were inaccurate, it would appear based upon your own investigation that that was specifically done, it wasn't any accident. So why exactly are we supposed to trust you now? Right, let me ask you, and I won't keep you much longer, Finan, I really appreciate, and I'm sure our listeners do, what you did in The Independent and what you're doing now. Has RTE lost the confidence of the people because of all of this ducking and diving? Have they lost the confidence of the government? And if the demeanor of the deputies representing all the government parties and opposition parties is they have, what do you do when you know you need a public service broadcaster, but the people who are in charge, overwhelming numbers of them, have lost the confidence of the people to the point where they won't pay their license fees and they have lost the confidence of the political class and perhaps the political parties. We can't allow it to become a political football, can we? Well, we know that 131,250 households who bought a TV license last year will not do so this year. That's that's a pretty big figure. So yes. there's, there's about 21 million that they're going to be short uh, this year. Um, that's a that's a lot of money. That that's about you know out of their their total is about uh, one in eight euros that they had last year is going to be down uh, this year uh, as a result uh, of that. So we know that that's a significant number. Would it be fair to say, Fanon, that that's not because of Ryan Tuberty? No, it, it, that's because of what they've seen in these hearings. Yeah, it, it, it's as a result uh, of the the issues that that have arisen. Now, look, the, the the point that was made to the board the other day was that listen, there was a financial problem here before any of this stuff came to light. Of course, the financial problem has been exacerbated. I mean, ultimately, RTE were looking for thirty five million before any of this uh, came out. They were looking for a handout last year. During COVID nineteen, they were they were given funding, uh, like many other organisations, because of a a fall off uh, in in revenue, and that probably masked uh, uh, an underlying problem that was that was there uh, all along uh, within within RTE. Uh, so 
there, there definitely now is a the the lack of trust is worsening the financial situation. I would say that the I don't think the, the public have trust in the RTE board and management. They probably still do in in the people who who tell them the news. They probably do. Yes, still do and, and great respect for many of them who are very good. Great respect for for people who yeah. who interview uh, people who present the shows, who produce the shows, who research them, and and the the, the ordinary uh, workers within RTE. I don't don't think there's there's an issue uh, there, but the, but there is a a a cost uh, to RTE that is now emerging as a result uh, of all of these issues that have been going on, uh, and that is both a financial one. Uh, a moral one in terms of this is a body that holds a very important role in Irish society uh, in terms of of, of holding uh, people in power to account, uh, and and there's there's also a political price that that has been paid uh, as a result. And at a time when they need the politicians to be on their their side, there is deep suspicion uh, of of RTE uh, as a result uh, of these issues that that have arisen uh, and the lack of transparency in the organization so that brings us to the point of so what happens next well we're we're looking at uh, cutbacks we're looking at redundancies reduced uh, output sell off of assets and that's all flowing uh, from the fact that there now isn't going to be a whole lot of patience with RT on the political level uh, people don't want to hear just that RTE need more funding. What they want to hear now is, well, what exactly are you doing in return for getting these, this funding? So the days of the, kind of the the free pass or the blank check being handed to RTE is is kind of over now. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, for for staff who who will suffer, who will some of whom will lose their jobs because yes. I know they're talking about a voluntary redundancy scheme. It'll be voluntary up to up to a point. Uh, it it won't be voluntary, really, when people are basically told your the job that you do is no longer needed in this organization. You can switch to another job, which you may not be equipped to do. Yeah. So, therefore, that option isn't over to you. Or you can take a voluntary redundancy uh, package. Either way, you're not. This job is not going to be here uh, beyond the next couple of months. And that's going to arise uh, now for people. Obviously, there are people's lives are going to be discommoded as well. If RTE up six from Dublin four and moved to um, West Dublin, say people who have whose lives are uh, are interlinked around dropping off kids uh, to, to school and to crash uh, in the morning and where they live and the amount of time it takes them to get to work and so on and so forth. That that'll all be dramatically uh, discommoded as well. So there's going to be a, lo- a lot of pain now felt by RT staff in the coming months and they will feel uh, that they are the ones being who are suffering because of the sins of those at the top of the organisation. The telling thing though will be when RT's management come up with their plan for cost cutting, does the political system support that or not? Or will there basically be a case of, oh, no, no, you can't do that because that will cause uh, too much trouble. Uh, I think on this occasion, there'll, there'll be little enough 
uh, of that, I, I think it will be a case of if that's what needs to be done, that's what needs to be done. OK, we're very grateful to you. Fanon Sheehan is Ireland editor of Independent Newspapers and we're grateful to Fanon, to all of you for listening. That's all we have time for now. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.